0: The celebrant of this Mass has told me that I have nine minutes. (laughs) He obviously doesn't know me too well, does he? People in Westerly do, however. Since this is his special day, I will do my best to accommodate him, but I'm not going to make any promises. As I was praying about what I would say to all of you this afternoon, I very quickly realized that it's impossible to adequately summarize 50 years of service to the Lord in one single homily, even if that homily were 99 minutes long. So I decided to take a little different route. I decided that I would try to capture the essentials of Father Frank Judice's priestly ministry by sharing with you three very simple lessons that he has taught me in the years that I've known him. That, incidentally, covers the majority of his priesthood, because I first met Father Judice when I was a five-year-old boy at Holy Angels Church in Barrington. In case you're wondering how long ago that was, (laughs) I'll let you do the math. Next year, I hit the big 5-0. But I have to do something else first, lest you end up with the wrong impression of Father Ray Suriani. Before I share with you the three very important lessons that I have learned from Father Frank Giudice, I'm going to share with you three lessons that I have not learned from Father Judice. I feel compelled to do this. You'll understand why in a few seconds. Lesson number one that I did not learn from Father Judice how to drive a car. <laughs> The one laughing loudest now is his nephew, Richard. I'll tell you why. Three years ago, he was so proud and so happy that he had helped his uncle, the uncle he loved so dearly, to, get, to secure a deal on this wonderful new jet black Toyota. Two months later, I was counseling Richard so he wouldn't have a nervous breakdown. He'd be at the gym on the treadmill, and I'd see him there, and he literally would say, Father, have you seen what he's done to that car? <laughs> Since that time, I have come up with a special name for Father Judice's little vehicle. I call it affectionately the Demolition Derby Mobile. You can figure out why. That's lesson number one that I did not learn from good Father Judice. Lesson number two, a second lesson that I I'm happy to say I did not learn from this man is how to clean my room. <laughs> I had never been to his quarters at the cathedral until he was about to leave. He invited me up to see if there were any books that I wanted for myself. He had accumulated many over the years and he didn't want to take them all with him into retirement and that's understandable. So I walked in. Hey, I remember thinking to myself, this must be what Hiroshima looked like after the bomb. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I did not learn how to clean my room from Father Judi's. The last lesson that I did not learn from this good man of God is the lesson on how to operate the St. Pius X rectory alarm system at 44 Elm Street. Some of you may have police scanners. If you have a police scanner and hear that the alarm is going off some morning at St. Pius X Rectory, I would say to you, don't be too concerned. We're probably not being robbed. Odds are Father Judice has just walked out the front door without turning the alarm off. He didn't turn it off because he didn't hear it. Once they call my secretary and get her up and my maintenance man in half the town of Westerly, everything will be okay, I can assure you. Well, enough of that. On now to the important part. Three very important lessons that Father Frank Giudice has taught me in the last 45 or so years that I've been blessed to know him. And providentially, and it really is an act of God's providence, those lessons are reflected in our scripture readings today from the 24th Sunday of Ordinary Time, as if God knew we would be celebrating this event on this particular day. Of course, he did know it. Lesson number one that Father Judice taught me is this. He's worth it. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is worth it. He's worth investing your life in. By the grace of Almighty God, Simon Peter at Caesarea Philippi, as we heard in that gospel that was just proclaimed, realized that Jesus Christ was the one that he and all of Israel had been waiting for for centuries. And so he said to our Lord, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Now, his understanding of Jesus's messiahship, as we realize, was not perfect. And for that, he got rebuked a few moments later. But in spite of that imperfect understanding, and in spite of his later sins, Peter continued to believe that Jesus Christ was the one. He continued to believe that Jesus Christ was worth investing your whole life in. And he was right. Father Judice has taught me that same lesson from the earliest days of his priesthood. As most of you know, I was his altar boy at Holy Angels in Barrington in the early to mid-1960s. Back then, I looked up to him, (laughs) literally, as well as figuratively speaking, and there was good reason for me to look up to him, and so did many others. He was a happy priest. They say that one reason young men aren't Entering the priesthood nowadays is because so many priests have sour looks on their faces all the time. Well, not Father Judese. I knew from day one, he was happy. He loved what he was doing. Even as a small boy, I picked that up. He understood the importance of his ministry. He found personal fulfillment in bringing Jesus Christ to people in word and in sacrament. Again, even as a small child, I picked that up. I could tell that this was a man who believed in the very depths of his heart that Jesus Christ was worth investing your whole life in. And some 20 years later, after I was ordained a priest, I found out that he was right, as Simon Peter was right. The second lesson Father Frank Judice taught me is again providentially the same one that St. James taught the world in that second chapter of his biblical letter, part of which we heard this afternoon. Faith without works is dead. Anyone who knows Father Judes knows, as Father Greg said at the beginning of Mass, how much he cares for the poor, the downtrodden, those in need. His faith is clearly evident in the works he does, the loving, charitable, caring, compassionate works he does. It's not a coincidence that he was the one Bishop Jelenault chose to head up that vicariate for community affairs. And incidentally, this is important to note in this age of quote-unquote separation of church and state, Father Judice managed to work in close cooperation with state agencies to improve living conditions the poor and give educational opportunities to those who otherwise wouldn't have them. But his love is not provincial. As most of us know, it extends far beyond the borders of Rhode Island and the United States to one of the poorest countries on earth, Haiti. Through an organization that he founded, Providence Haiti Outreach, Father Judice has worked to provide health care and education and food and shelter and religious instruction to the poorest of the poor in that nation. It's a cause that's near and dear to his heart. And you know what? He doesn't just ask other people to support it, which he's pretty good at doing, by the way. We've all been asked at least once. But he also does it himself. He puts his money where his mouth is. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but whenever we give him a check for all the services he provides for us at St. Pius, which is what you normally do when a guest priest helps you out in your parish, when that happens, that check is never made out to Father Francis J. Judith. It's always made out to Providence Haiti Outreach. That's why it came as no surprise to me when in that same spirit of charity he decided, at his young age, to coordinate an Elm Street School reunion earlier this year to help raise money for our school, which is in great need at the present time. And when he stepped forward a few weeks ago and agreed to be a member of our Capital Campaign Committee to raise money for our new school addition. The desire to help those in need is something that is deeply ingrained in Father Frank Judese. St. James said, Faith without works is dead. Well, in the heart of Father Judese, faith in Jesus Christ, which gives birth to good works, is very much alive. The third and final lesson, I've actually learned many, but the three I'll mention today. The third lesson I have learned from Father Frank concerns the cross. In today's Gospel, Jesus told us, whoever wishes to come after Me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Me. Now, everybody has crosses. They are part of the human condition. We live in a world tainted by original sin. That's the way it is. But for the disciple of Jesus Christ, the cross is never the final chapter of the story. And that's the way it was for Jesus. We are like our master. The cross was not the final chapter in the story of our Lord. Every cross leads to a resurrection. Speaking of himself, Jesus said in today's gospel, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and then rise on the third day. The resurrection of the body is a future reality for all of us. It's only going to happen at the end of time. But if we trust in the Lord now and are obedient to him in our life now, in the midst of our present earthly sufferings, we will have little resurrection experiences even in this life like Father Judice had in Barrington, my hometown, when I first met him over four decades ago. In case you don't know the story, Father Judice had been sent away after ordination by the bishop to do graduate studies in hospital administration at St. Louis University. Naturally, when he had finished his degree, he came back and he thought that he would be given an administrative post in one of our diocesan hospitals, St. Joseph Fatima. And he was excited about that. It's what he had been training to do. You know how he gets excited about things. He was ready to go. Unfortunately, however, he made the mistake of running into Bishop McVinney. That's why priests back then avoided the bishop. (laughs) Because he sometimes would transfer you on the spot. So they say, thank God they do it differently now. But he made the mistake of running into Bishop McVinney on a day when the bishop needed to find a curate for a small Italian parish in Barrington. A parish community, incidentally, with no money, buildings that were falling apart, and rotten morale. The people had been demoralized for years. It was the last place on earth he wanted to go. But he obeyed. He took up his cross. And he made the best of it. When he got there in Barrington, he very quickly realized that the people needed something that would bring them together as a community. A community of faith. Something that would give them a sense of their identity and self-worth. So, you know him, he thinks big. (laughs) Why don't we build a new church? (laughs) He almost gave Father Ineta, the pastor, a heart attack. Father Ineta didn't think it could be done. Almost nobody thought it could be done. The parish had a terrible record of financial giving at the time. But as those of us from Barrington know, it was built, and it was paid for within a couple of years. And Father Judith not only helped to erect a new church in Barrington, he also helped to resurrect the faith of the people there, sowing the seeds of four, count them, four vocations in the process. Moi, Father James Ruggieri, Father Angelo Carusi, and Father John Cadiga, who's here with us this afternoon. For Father Judes, the cross was not the end of his story in Barrington. I and the three other priests who've been ordained from Holy Angels since 1985 are living proof of that. When I prayed about how to close my homily this afternoon... A passage came into my mind, and I trust it was the Lord who put it there. It's a passage, one of my favorites, from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. I think it applies in a special way to Father Judice because even now, at an age, let's face it, when most people are doing very little or nothing at all, he's still out there, plugging away, doing the Lord's work. And he's doing it with youthful enthusiasm. Jeremiah writes, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. God, our loving Father, we thank you today from the bottom of our hearts for the abundance of good fruit that Father Francis J. Giudice has produced for you and for your kingdom during the last five decades of his life in his moments of joy and in his moments of drought and distress. Through the intercession of Mary, the mother of all priests, may he continue to put his trust and his hope in you, so that he will continue to bear good fruit among us for many years to come. And this we ask through Christ our Lord.